This is the motherfucking Blood Doctor Show. On a Thursday, a surprised, shocked, not planned Thursday, because Kevin fucking Durant is now a Phoenix Sun. I will repeat, Kevin fucking Durant is now a Phoenix Sun. And on the surface, there is no way that this is bad news. When you hear that sentence, you say to yourself, fuck yeah. Well, okay. First thing you do, check to make sure Devin Booker wasn't traded so that you don't have to personally burn down the footprint center. But once you verify that, you say, hell yeah, Kevin Durant on the Phoenix Suns. And then you look at the trade details. And it needs to be talked about. But before we do that, this is the Blunt Doctor Show, and we're going to turn our attention to something that is more important than sports. Before we talk sports, that's what we do here. We focus on people and what matters first, because that's what helps the world. So, while we sit here and talk about the Kevin Durant trade, and before this, the Kyrie Irving trade, 16,000 people have died in Turkey and Syria as the result of a devastating earthquake and the most i've heard from politicians over the last few days here in the united states is how they feel about the state of the union and the response to the state of the union oh did you notice how kevin mccarthy looked behind joe biden at the state of the union i wish that had been nancy pelosi oh Did you notice how Joe Biden told a joke and it wasn't good and he has no sense of humor? Oh, did you know? Blah, blah, blah. Who fucking cares? People are dying. It's very interesting to me that it seems that unless it's a person that you know that's dying, unless you're intimately involved in the death of a person, you don't care. Now, friend, I don't mean you. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care, and you are not who I am talking about. But many people truly, truly believe that the only thing that matters is what's going on directly near them, what's going on in their country, their city, their community. Fuck the rest of the world. It's not my problem. As the great George Carlin once said, NIMBY, not in my backyard. Not a problem. And so many people will sit here and discuss, well, civility is important and we need to be civil and we need to focus on treating each other with respect and that's what matters. And that's why these State of the Unions, people are dying. People are dying. And I I hear nothing about this. I see no one talking about this. You know, every one of us agrees that MAGA supporters are garbage. Nobody who's going to listen to this show will disagree with that. But when I go on social media during an episode like this, and I see literally not one single leftist talk about what's going on, not one single person discussing an earthquake that has killed five times as many people as 9-11, I start to wonder what you really care about. When... You're more concerned about did someone 
stand too close to someone and did they, you know, potentially invade the space of another congressman when they were implying that their power was more important? We make up more shit to argue about. There's plenty of fucking things to fight about and worry about in this world. 16,000 people. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> 3,000 people died on 9-11 and we have like remembrances. Sports games are now literally just like, you know, worship to our country. You have to spend 45 minutes singing different songs and doing different chants and everything before the game. You've got to stand and take your hat off and show everyone that you're the most patriotic and in you know 16,000 people die five times as many people die in another country from a natural disaster by the way not something that anyone could have stopped but something that is truly truly a horrendous tragedy that should just make everyone sad eh, not in america so no big because we truly believe that we are worth more we do americans truly believe that they are worth more than other people it's not a fact it's nowhere near close to anything regarding a fucking fact, but it seems to be what we think. Because if there was an earthquake in the United States that killed 16,000 people, it would be the only thing that you heard about for decades. In another country, silence. Now, if it was in England, you'd probably still hear about it for decades. In France, you'd probably still hear about it for decades. Canada, decades. So what, pray tell? Is the difference between England, France, Canada, the USA, and where the earthquake actually was. When the earthquake is in Turkey, suddenly it's not so interesting. When the earthquake is in Syria, suddenly it's not so interesting. Oh, it's not white people that are dying? Oh, well, it's not news. Oh, 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 a white person visiting that country died? Oh, my God, that's news. Oh, my God, we got to talk to their family. We got to know what their family's family think. We need to know what their cousin's friend's family think. And we need to know what their neighbors think. And we need to know why they were traveling to that country. And we need to find any blog that they ever wrote. And we need to promote that blog. We need to find all of their social media. And we need to make sure that all of their social media. No, not the, not, not, not them. They, well, they died. Yeah, they're from a poor country. They deserve to die. The white person, the white person. Yeah, look at his backpack. What is, what company is that backpack from? Does that company support some sort of cause? Let's go ahead and promote that company. Not the one, no, I don't, not them. They're not the white one. And you sit here and say, oh, you're being ridiculous. I'm not. That's how these things go. Why am I saying this? Because when I went to pull up a story earlier today, some of the top points on The Guardian were about an Australian that died in the accident. Why? Was that person's life worth more or less than anyone else? No, of course not. And I'm not saying that we don't need to know about that person. It's very sad. But it's very crucial to understand that in any situation where a person from a white country dies, you will be told about that person first through your white media. Because all media here is white media. 16,000 people in Turkey and Syria. 16,000 people. 
That's an NBA crowd. That's a graduating class at a large college. Maybe not that. Maybe that's maybe that's multiple graduating classes at a college. Sixteen thousand people, and we don't even care. We don't even talk about it. Well, I care. And I want to talk about it. And you know what? Let's take me to task because this didn't happen today. This didn't happen eight hours ago. I sat here 24 fucking hours ago and talked about other bullshit and said nothing about this. So shame on me too. Because I failed in the same way that everyone else did. And for me to sit here and take anyone else to task is honestly bullshit. I failed too. Because I decided it wasn't important enough for me in the moment. I was susceptible to the fucking bullshit narcissism that I'm taking everyone else to task for right now. So let's call a spade a spade. I fucked up. And I should have been talking about that and I wasn't. And now it's even worse. But what are we going to do? We're going to do nothing. Is there oil to be gained? Are there diamonds to be mined? Is there a corporation to hostily take over? Is there an election that we can rig? No. Who fucking cares, right? Black or brown people in danger? Not a problem for the USA. No big. No problem here. We all watch the World Cup. Thousand migrants died to build those stadiums. No big. They were from India. They're from Africa. No big. Let them go to Qatar. Let them fall off these stadiums with no safety harnesses. Let engineers be forced to work as construction workers because their passports were stolen. Who cares? It's not in America. NIMBY. Not in my backyard, baby. No problem. We should be embarrassed. We should be embarrassed. And I hope that you feel how I feel. I really do. I don't... The sports are whatever. 16,000 people have died because we don't allow the rest of the world to have our money. So they can't build their cities up to earthquake standards. Like, let it be known. This is not an accident that... I said a preventable accident or not a preventable accident earlier in terms of you can't stop an earthquake. Fair enough. But you can certainly earthquake-proof buildings and you can certainly pay to do that. And when you have all the money in the world and you spend it on bombs and planes and bullets and cyber warfare and you spend basically none of it on feeding people and building earthquake-proof housing and saving lives, you show what you really are. You are the devil. You are evil. You are a monster. You are a bureaucratic fucking nightmare akin to that of the cube. And only one person that I know is definitely going to get that reference, but he will know that I am right. Shout out to Keith for getting what I'm fucking saying. We need to be better. 
And I ask you to be better. I ask myself to be better. I ask all of us to be better because we cannot continue to allow this. We need to change the world because nobody is going to do it for us. And by the way, if we just sit here and expect Gen Z to do it, they're going to get lazy and complacent by the time they become us. Fact. We owe this world better. All of that being said, let's let's go ahead and do this. I apologize if my analysis of this situation seems disjointed or suddenly shifting because it is almost assured that I'm going to need to pause several times to smoke a bunch of weed hits and drink a bunch because the Phoenix Suns acquired Kevin Durant, but they did not just acquire Kevin Durant. They also acquired TJ Warren. Very nice. What up, Tony Buckets? Welcome home. But they traded Cam Johnson, uh, Mikhail Bridges. Uh, he's still my heart. I'm heartbroken. I'm dying. And for unprotected first round picks and a pick swap. So they traded the best two way player in the league, the best young two way player in the league on the best contract in the league, and Mikhail Bridges and fucking Cam Johnson. And four unprotected first and a swap for Kevin Durant. Now, okay, I will say a couple of things. Number one, it's never a bad day when your team acquires Kevin Durant, ever. It's also never a bad day when your team acquires Kevin Durant with like four years left on his contract. These are great things. Now, There are a lot of mitigating factors. Kevin Durant is 35. He just got traded with four years left on this contract. You never know what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. I understand all those things. It's never bad news to get Kevin Durant. You kept Devin Booker. You still have Chris Paul. You still have DeAndre Ayton. So I don't want to seem like I am not grateful for the fact that my team just acquired one of the 10 greatest players of all time. And I do believe that about Kevin Durant, that he is one of the 10 greatest players of all time. He is 35. Michael Jordan won three three titles after this age. I always wondered if KD could go on that sort of run. I I don't know. There's a lot of things. So I'm not trying to downplay any of that. However, Phoenix. Okay. I'm I'm not I'm not editing this right now. I'm I'm trying to give my real reaction here. I'm just letting this I'm just letting this go because I just want to be I feel so many things. I sat here multiple times this week and demanded that Matt Ishbia make a move and I said you must make a splash. So I cannot sit here and with good conscience say that I didn't demand this because I did. Now giving up Mikhail Bridges is not <laughs> I understand that you had to trade Cam Johnson. Giving up Mikhail Bridges was basically a non-starter in all of our minds. Now, I think that we all thought that at some point DeAndre Ayton was going somewhere. He's not now. He can't now. Now you must keep DeAndre Ayton to make this make sense. So I think that for all of us, it was sort of a belief that DeAndre would be going somewhere and that Mikhail was valued too highly for that to ever be the case. And that Mikhail was the real max player between the two of them. And then 
you know, DeAndre goes out the other night against the Nets and puts up 35 and 15. And um, so losing Mikhail Bridges hurts me. I love Mikhail Bridges as a person, as a basketball player. Losing Cam Johnson hurts me. I love him as a person, as a basketball player. These are horrible things. But to then add four unprotected picks and a swap to that, here's the thing. The reason that it's five picks there is because Minnesota stupidly gave up five picks for Rudy Gobert. So the Nets could in no way take less than five picks for Kevin Durant. I understand their thought process. If Minnesota was able to pay five picks for Rudy Gobert, or if Utah was able to get five picks for Rudy Gobert, then Kevin Durant has to get the same thing. I understand the thought process. So four picks plus a swap, I get it. I really do. But the Suns had been negotiating this forever and had basically been like, this was not what we're doing. And then the new owner comes in, takes over, and basically says, we're doing it. And undermines every single thing that James Jones has done So the first thing he takes over and it's like, oh, Isaiah Thomas is going to come in. And then that was, you know, turned out to not be true. But I don't know how much it turned out to not be true as it was. All of us were like, fuck that. And the Suns had to issue a statement like, no, 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 never mind. Because they realized that nobody was okay with it. So this dude's all about making a splash. And I demanded a splash, but like trading the entire future. Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, four first-round picks in a swap. That's the whole future. Outside of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, that's the whole future. That's everything. You've traded the whole future. You must win a title now. Not, you should probably win a title or it would be great. No, you must win a title now. Not winning a title in the next two years is an ungodly fucking failure. The first thing I thought of when I saw this trade was the Herschel Walker trade in which the Cowboys sent Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings for three first-round picks and built a dynasty on those picks. The Nets got four picks and our two best young assets outside of Devin Booker, who was obviously never going anywhere. You have to win a title now. Now, okay, how many teams have a foursome as good as Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton? Very few. Very few, if any. But who's our fifth starter? Torrey Craig? Okay. Everyone knows me. I love Torrey Craig. I have been known to scream Torrey Craig minutes are winning minutes 300 times in one day. So I'm not going to sit here and bitch about that. But where's the depth? You might say to me, depth doesn't matter. Adam Morrison has two rings. I'm actually going to listen to that argument. Here's what I put on Twitter. This was what I wrote on Twitter about this situation after a lot of thought and a lot of complaining. Booker plus Kevin Durant is unstoppable. True story. We kept DeAndre Ayton. That was a priority for me. That is true. Chris Paul never has to score again. That's actually a big deal. The amount of scoring load that Chris Paul has had to shoulder over the last couple years has been a problem. It was a problem in the finals. 
And the idea that he doesn't ever have to do anything but shoot wide open mid-rangers and wide open threes. Yeah, I like that. Torrey Craig, actually a starting three or four, but the rest of the NBA has missed on him. We're really starting to push here. I love Torrey. Not sure he's a starter. I mean, with this group, he would be. And again, bench depth doesn't matter. Adam Morrison has two rings. If you're not laughing at that, you don't know enough about NBA history to be an NBA comedian, and that's okay. But the point is, there's a scenario in which I can talk myself into this. But the Suns were already down Jay Crowder in terms of wing depth. And now you just traded our two best wings. Now you added back one of the best wings of all time. Fair enough. And you brought back Tony Buckets. Fair enough. The original iteration of the trade that was mentioned that did not include TJ Warren was scary. TJ Warren coming back changes things a little bit because it gives the Suns another wing and specifically gives the Suns a scoring punch off the bench. I can rock with that. And it explains the trade a little bit more, but still such a hefty pay. Now, look, a trade like this is evaluated in one way. Do you win a championship as a result of it? That's it. That is the only way to evaluate this trade. And I don't want to sit here and say that I am unhappy about the Suns acquiring Kevin Durant because I feel I feel whiny and lame sitting here talking about this. And I don't want to be negative and I don't want to be that person that everyone hates for being negative. Most Suns fans are through the roof celebrating right now. And I'm not trying to be the person who's negative because I don't want to be that way. But it needs to be discussed what the Suns have done here. The Suns traded 10 years of assets for the next two years of championship contention. Now, if they find a way to finagle something else out of this through some sort of whatever, if they add another player, whatever it is, you know, buy out players who want to play here, vet minimum contracts this summer that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten, some sort of trade that is constructed because of an agent-friendly situation where the player wants to be here because of the situation, whatever. There are certain scenarios in which the, the window can be elongated. I understand that. But what I'm saying is the Suns traded every single asset that they have to build this team essentially over the next decade for right now. Right now. Not next year. Not next year and the year after, right fucking now. Chris Paul's contract is not guaranteed going forward. The future is now. The time is now. This is an all-in move. I see Suns fans discussing the situation and talking about, well, the four years and the, but this is a right now move. This is a move to win a title this season. This is the Phoenix Suns saying, We do not believe that the Denver Nuggets are a real number one seed. We do not believe that the Warriors have what is necessary to repeat. We do not believe that the Lakers trade means dick. We do not believe that Kyrie Irving going to Dallas actually moves the needle. We believe that we are going to win a title. That's what the Phoenix Suns are saying by this. They believe they can go through Boston. They believe they can go through the 76ers. They believe they can go through anyone. Nobody is making this trade unless they believe that they're going to win a championship right now. The Nets 100% brought in KD and Kyrie because they were sure it would win them a championship. And when it didn't, they brought in Harden because they were sure of that too. And all of those things flopped. 
Now, I would take Devin Booker a trillion times out of a trillion over both Harden and Kyrie. So I understand that thought process. And I do believe that DeAndre Ayton is one of the most underrated players in the league. And I know that Kevin Durant loves Devin Booker. And I know that Kevin Durant wanted to be here. These are all good things. But the only way to judge this is based on the championships. If the Suns win one or two titles out of this, this was successful. But in a world where the Suns flame out in the Western Conference Finals and the Nets build a team around these picks and Mikhail Bridges, this is a disaster that I will never let anyone forget. And I don't want I don't want it to go that way. I love my team. I want it to go well. I really want it to go well. But I'm not going to sit here and use rose-colored glasses for a trade where you acquired a 35-year-old while trading your best two young assets and every pick that you had for the next, like, five years. Like, I'm not going to sit here. It's actually more than five years. It's more like six or seven years. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yay, phenomenal, incredible. This is this could go poorly. Now, it might go great. But we just need to be realistic about what this is. Now, you don't get Kevin Durant for nothing. And all the other teams that supposedly had offers for Kevin Durant apparently didn't even come close. This was the offer. This is what the Nets wanted. They got what they wanted. The Suns got the player that they wanted. He's on Chris Paul's timeline. I wish he was on Devin Booker's timeline, but it is what it is. You've now got four star players and some depth. You got to win the championship. So, how would I rate this trade? I give. I, I don't normally do like trade grades, but I just want to say for the net, this is an A plus. Their situation was fucked. Even though they had KD for years, he didn't want to be there. Everyone knew that. It was repeatedly a disaster situation. They got four unprotected picks, a swap, two really good young players. No way for this to not be an A-plus for for the Nets. And for the Suns, I'm just going to give it an incomplete because here's what it is. If they win a title, it's an A-plus. And anything else, it's like, could be like a C minus. Like this trade is impossible to grade for Phoenix. You have to win a title. That's it. As far as an analysis of what this does for the Suns, it's a little bit difficult because it's tough to say if this is the end. The Suns traded two wings for two wings. So in terms of roster continuity, they're pretty much where they need to be. But if they don't want Kevin Durant having to play four in the playoffs, like, are are we going to start Dario? Is that the plan? I don't think that that's the plan. And the interesting thing is the Nets already plan to move Jay Crowder, who was part of this trade. They're already looking at other deals. You know, again, Jay should have never sat down during a, a, a contract. It, it, I don't understand what Jay Crowder's agent told him, but it was bad advice and it has really hurt his future. And now the Nets are already looking to move him. He was literally just a salary in this deal to make it work. And the situation is what it is. Phoenix could use a guy like Jake Crowder, but what are you going to do? But the Suns really need to figure out the four position. 
And if you want to just say, okay, Katie's the four, so you're going to start Warren or Craig, okay? If you want to do that, that's fine. Who's the sixth man? Are we just continuing to rely on campaign? We don't have a third point guard. We were supposedly trading Dwayne Washington to be that dude, and he's now cut from the team. Are we just going to rely on Saban Lee? The thing is, this is now championship mode. You can't sit here and tell me, well, we're just going to rely on this young, unproven whatever. No, no, that no longer works. And you can no longer tell me, well, we're trying to stay below the luxury. You just traded everything for Kevin fucking Durant. So I don't want to hear anything about how we're trying to do this, that, or the other, or we're planning to X, Y, Z. You need to put every single thing at this right now. You need to throw every dollar that's available within the salary cap, every move that you can. Throw all the spaghetti at the wall. And when the ones that don't stick fall, you pick those up and throw them back at the wall until it does stick. That's the situation that we're in. You cannot just quit right now. We need a third point guard. We need another forward. Unless you're going to sit here and tell me, well, we just believe in Landale and Biombo. Okay. The Suns need more depth. They need more veteran depth. They really need one to two more players of a veteran ilk who are going to sit there and know how to win playoff games. And maybe somehow this team can do it without doing that given what they have now in Durant and Paul, but so little of this team has like anything resembling championship level experience. You could really benefit from a pair of veterans on this roster. And I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what the steps are, but I still just feel like you're one to two moves away from done around the edges. Now, let's pretend that we're not one to two moves away and we're just in the situation that we're in and this is the team. And let's also for a moment consider for the sake of argument that we did not just trade one of my favorite Phoenix Suns players of all time and another of my favorite Phoenix Suns player of all time. And let's just say for the moment, the Suns acquired Kevin Durant by trading two starters and a bunch of picks. Kevin fucking Durant, motherfuckers. Hello, Kevin fucking Durant and Devin fucking Booker. I'm very curious what exactly it is you intend to do because I don't think that that thing is going to be defense because that doesn't fucking matter. So I'm pretty sure that that thing you're going to do is cry when Booker... Durant and Paul are hoisting a trophy and tossing it to each other like Tom fucking Brady across the goddamn Tampa Bay River. How about that shit? This team is headed to goddamn everywhere. Let's for a moment drop all of the what about this? What about defense? What about depth? What about this? What about that? Who fucking cares, dude? It's Kevin goddamn Durant. It's one of the 10 best players of all time now playing next to one of the five best players in the league. You've got literally... The two best scorers in the league on the same team. Fuck Luka, fuck Kyrie. I don't care that they score a bunch of points. That's just because they take up all the volume of their team. Booker and Durant are literally the best two scorers in the league who can just score on anybody. And now they're on the same team. And oh yeah, oh yeah. We also have the greatest point guard of all time and the most underrated center in the league. 
this is a championship team. This is a championship goddamn team, okay? And it hurts me. It pains me. It makes me upset. I hate to see Mikhail and Cam go, but it's Kevin fucking Durant. Kevin fucking Durant. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant now plays for the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant now plays for the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant plays for the Phoenix Suns with Devin Booker. With Devin Booker. With Devin Booker. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker played together for the Phoenix Suns. And they're both signed to four-year deals. I'm not really sure I need to say much else. Yes, he's 35, but it's still Kevin fucking Durant. He's 6'10". You've never seen anything like this before. And if you're sitting here right now going, wait, hold on a minute. Didn't I just hear you say the opposite of it? Exactly. Congratulations. Now you're where I am. Because two of the greatest up-and-coming players in the league are now gone, and I am heartbroken at the future. But Kevin fucking Durant now plays for the Suns. Kevin fucking Durant plays for the Suns. Kevin fucking Durant plays for the Suns. That's just for anyone who needed to, like, get off. You know? This is not a good episode of this show. This is not like a lot of analysis. This is just me processing. Okay, let's do analysis. You know what? Let's do analysis. Let's talk about what this means for the Phoenix Suns. So, at any given time, when Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are on the court, we're going to get buckets. Get buckets. Get buckets. Not some buckets. Not many buckets, all the buckets. Every single bucket will be had when Booker and Durant play together. When Paul, Booker, Durant, and Aiton play together, it really won't matter who plays the fifth slot. They'll be able to just be like Rick Fox and be there and become famous for existing on one of the greatest teams of all time. I tweeted at Kevin Durant when he originally mentioned his trade request last summer. That the one thing he could do in his career to truly elevate himself would be to come to Phoenix and win a title. Because here's the thing. KD's titles are not his titles. They're Steph's titles. And it doesn't matter that Kevin Durant was the best player on those Warriors teams. It doesn't matter. That is Steph's team. Those are Steph's titles. And it doesn't matter who the finals MVP was. It really doesn't. Nobody looks at those titles As Kevin Durant's titles. And now, Kevin Durant has come to a team that just made it to the finals and lost to Giannis. Who is pretty much... I mean, I know that Jokic has won MVP a couple years. But, like, if you asked... If you redrafted the league right now, Giannis would go number one overall. I I don't... I don't... I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone over Giannis going number one overall. Um, and the one dude who might be able to come here and take it to the next level is the dude that pushed that dude to the brink when he didn't even have his team around him. And 
This is Devin Booker's team, make no mistake. It was Booker's team when Paul showed up. It will be Booker's team now that Durant is there. There's no question. But imagine the pressure taken off of you when it's Kevin fucking Durant. I mean, I, this is Devin's team. Devin has pledged his loyalty to Phoenix and that he intends to be here his entire career. This is Devin Booker's team. So any sort of question about how this is going to go in the final second, this is Devin's team. Now, you don't acquire Kevin Durant and expect that he won't take some final shots. So I'm sure that KD will matter in the clutch. But in terms of how shit goes, this is Devin's team. And the interesting thing to me about all of this is that KD left Oklahoma City because he didn't feel like he had a chance at a championship with Russ. He didn't like Billy Donovan, as we know from his burner account. But he also didn't necessarily feel the need to be only the guy, right? That's the whole reason he teamed up with Steph on a team that he always knew would be Steph's team because it was like kind of whatever. And then he left Golden State because he felt like Nobody respected him. So now he's coming into another situation where he's not necessarily the guy. But the difference here is that there were not already pre-existing championship runs to sort of fuck everything up. Yes, there was a finals run, but we didn't win. The Warriors had already won a championship and had gone to the finals again and KD was purely a supplement to that. In this case, KD is the piece to put the team over the top. So while it is Devin Booker's team, KD is like the Devin Booker is the starter, KD is the closer. And you know how that works out in terms of actual final shots at the end of games or whatever. The point is that Booker's the ace, KD's the closer. They're gonna work in tandem to help put this team over the top. That's the idea. And it's interesting to me that after KD did this and won a couple of titles and felt unfulfilled and went somewhere else looking for something different, he now sort of walks back into the same situation. Again, the difference is he's not walking onto a championship team. He's walking onto a team where he can be the final piece. And I think that's what matters to him. I think that Kevin Durant has looked for longing his whole career and... I think a championship in Oklahoma City would have meant more to him than he realized. And I think maybe Russell Westbrook and Billy Donovan fucked that up for him. And now he sees a similar situation, a team that's never won a championship, a city that loves basketball. And this is the opportunity to maybe right that wrong in a way that Golden State never could have because Golden State was already a championship team, already a 73-win team. And yeah, the Suns went to a finals and won 64 games, but we haven't been over the top. There's a gigantic difference between joining a team that has already made it to the promised land and coming here to be the final piece. And I think at 35 years old, it's completely understandable that Kevin Durant wants to be the final piece. He tried to come to Phoenix a year ago, well, not even a year ago, nine months ago, and he's here now. This is where he wanted to be. So if you're a Suns fan, you've got to be thrilled. And I am thrilled. And this is why I'm talking about all sides of this, because this is the difficulty, the dichotomy of this situation. Like, you've just lost two guys who meant so much to you, who were part of 
one of the greatest Suns teams of all time who seemed to be part of the future, who you thought about and loved every day, and now you've brought back this player who you've admired for years, who you've watched play, who you've respected, who you've hated, who you've been furious when he dominated your team, and now it's like he's right there, and it's like he's asking you for the opportunity to love him as he you know, rises to the championship level with your team. And it's so frustrating because it hurts because you lost the guys that you love, but it's like, fuck, I must do this. I must become a Kevin Durant Suns guy. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it within the next 48 fucking hours. And I will, it, it, it is what it is. It's difficult to lose the players that you love, even when you're acquiring one of the best players of all time. It's hard. I wanted to root for Mikhail Bridges in a Suns uniform for the next decade. I wanted my son to grow up watching Mikhail Bridges play for Phoenix. I really did. I wanted to say, that's the epitome of the NBA player you want to be. When we need him to score, he scores. When we need him to defend, he defends. When we need him to rebound, he rebounds. When we need him to pass, he passes. Mikhail Bridges is the ultimate glue to any basketball team. And I wanted to show my son and say, that is the guy. But if I get to instead show my son every single moment of a Phoenix Suns championship, then that will mean more. It just will. And that's why ultimately, despite my frustration, despite... I am hurt. This is the right move. And I, I'm going to tell you something. I am I am literally talking this out, thinking this out during this show. I was angry about this move coming into this show. I was unhappy about it. Go look at my tweets. I was unhappy about it. And during this show, I have talked myself into it. Because number one, number one. It is the policy of the blunt doctor, and any of you who know me know this is true. It is the policy of the blunt doctor to acknowledge when you're wrong. And in this case, old me was wrong, new me is right. I've talked myself into it. You've convinced me. Shout out to B, title of a podcast, as we know. There are moments when you must take a swing. There are moments when you say to yourself, I'm not going to be regular today. I'm not going to be average today. I'm going to be different today. I am going to make my mark on this day. And I am going to remind everyone anytime that they think of this date that I did something. And sometimes in sports, it's scoring points, a bunch of touchdowns, hitting a home run. Sometimes it's coming in as an owner and saying, I will make this trade. I do not care about assets. I do not care about the future. I want to deliver. And I have come on this podcast twice in the last, what, week. And demanded that outcome. And the way that outcome was achieved shocked me. And 
I mean, I, I can't even, I'm, 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 again, I'm experiencing all of this as we go, but you must give to get, especially when it comes to trades and sports. And when you have the opportunity to pair two of the greatest scorers of all time with the greatest point guard of all time and one of the best two-way centers in the league with a couple of decent wings and the rest of the depth that you've been working all season to build. Anytime you have a chance to acquire Kevin Durant, you must do it. Matt Ishbia was recognized on this podcast as a person who needed to make a splash in order to gain my acceptance. Matt Ishbia is a person who was supposedly going to hire Isaiah Thomas, who had a sexual harassment uh, judgment on his resume. Matt Ishbia is a person who didn't actually hire Isaiah Thomas, but didn't close the door on it in the future. And then Matt Ishbia is the person who acquired Kevin fucking Durant. I don't know if a bag could be more mixed. However, not hiring Isaiah Thomas and acquiring Kevin Durant and ending the Jay Crowder situation and showing that you're willing to spend money Probably an A. It's Kevin Durant, man. It's Kevin Durant. KD Trey 5 plays for the Suns. And that is the Blend Doctor Show. On an emergency podcast on a Thursday morning, if I ever wanted to develop an audience, I would probably stop recording in the middle of the night. And I'll never stop recording in the middle of the night. Fucking audience. I love both of you. (laughs) Peace. Tell everyone you know you love them. Peace 2X.